0: as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hi guys, so happy to have you for this episode of the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. It's a mini for you. We love our Wednesday minis when we just get to hack our way through and deep dive a little bit through the most uh, you know, important areas of marriage at the moment. And right now, I have to be honest, I have some particular things some of my clients are working through. So I'm reminded to talk about the stories and the shadows each season as we bring them into marriage. And so we're talking across the seasons here, or you want to call them eras if you're in your T-Swift mode like a melody, but we really are just looking at what we're bringing so that we can tell healthier stories and so that we can find more healthy rhythms together and balance. So before we deep dive slash hack. Are we through this today? I want to say thank you, everybody who pre-ordered the book. We are still six days out from launch and we hit the number one spot on Amazon for new releases in Christian marriage. So I was super happy to see us rise up in that category. And honestly, and so I was so happy to see that and also to even see 100 books plus on that. Had no idea about that either. So I'm learning a lot with you and also just extremely grateful with you. It's a fun birthday. A gift for me because today is my birthday, the day that this is actually a live episode. So I'm like, happy birthday. <laughs> so you know what? I'm thinking of my parents and like how they're smiling down from heaven to just be with me in that moment. Such literary nerd family like we're celebrating, right? And hopefully you here are my larger family. And I know my inner family and um my pu- uh, publicist was doing a happy dance. And so I am so glad that we can just enjoy because honestly let's be honest everything we do that's good takes a community. Like friends, family, everybody who's shored up our marriage, everybody who continues to shore up our marriage to let us a rant, to uh, let us share here, to buy books, to be on launch team. Like this is just our community. So I'm so grateful to share good news with our community because quite honestly, my job is a lot of negative. As you can probably imagine, when people are seeing me, it's about getting help with problems. So it's always fun to hear something really good. And I was so happy to hear that, share that with you. Please keep buying pre-orders for friends family and don't forget our episode that we just did on Monday of this week that Wes came on to talk through some FAQs. Actually, in most of my sessions this week, people are saying, how can I bring the Enneagram out to friends in my Christian community because people are concerned that there's an affiliation with evil with it. So it's really good actually to have done that episode in that way. Now we have an FAQ page for you, an episode, and you can just help people to understand that no one is perfect and that if you've ever seen people who maybe you didn't think were morally upright using the Enneagram, just hopefully you can remind them we have people like that across every field, and we also want to take the good from each of uh, the general grace over everybody. And so when you and I mess up or what's the good that we can learn from everybody, whether it be Newton, Kepler, uh, the algebra that Wes talked about, or even just uh, you with your friends saying, you know, you don't have to use this tool, but I like it. It helps me to walk through our strengths, our stresses, our shadows, and uh, to do this deeper dive in middle marriage, especially. Yes, honeymoon people, I love that you're doing this work preliminarily, but also for those in middle marriage versus what we're seeing in culture and from uh, many marriage researchers now advocating for polyamory or painful ways to uh, hurt one another during the sex act. This is a way to say, you know what, let's just nuance. Let's try to figure out some of our rhythms. And today on this podcast, we're going to be just deep diving and like I said, hacking our way through some of the shadows and stories that we bring to marriage and carry throughout different seasons. So when I share a couple of stories that I'm sort of taking from my book, but also extrapolating on here now in this brief episode, I want you to be thinking of your stories so that you can truly be mindful to have some thoughtful uh, journal entries or conversations with your partner or spouse about this as you walk through what are some of the stories or shadows you're bringing. And so, First reminder is our stories and shadows don't start with us, and if you're familiar with the conversations we've had around instincts here, you know that very well because we remember together that not only did our families uh, start with, you know, our parents, but many generations before that as well, so that we don't just have this uh, you and me here in marriage. We have tons of people who have influenced every single generation leading up to now who have survived millennia to give us what we have today to be able to say, like be fruitful and multiply because you know what? I got you here and I built up tenacity. And, uh, you know, this is on my mind afresh in the sense that uh, Jack and I are reading through some classical history and we're learning. We just finished the fall of Rome. We're at that point in history. And while wow, we're just amazed at the strength of the Huns and the Visigoths and people who were known as barbarians just for having a different language, but also because they had physical strength, they had mental strength, they had endurance, they had grit. And so you have people like this, whatever culture, who have brought genes forward to make you guys as strong and tenacious as you are. So take that as a comfort that you have survived. But also remember that you probably picked a spouse who has different strengths here than you. And so when I look back on our stories, I can see as far back as I can go, I can see my grandmother's Croatian stories about how life was really stressful and scary and how coming off the boat quite fobby, they were in a space of not really trusting people. And then when they walk through the Great Depression, uh, I just have so many stories about her saying like, my teacher shaved my head because I had lice or my teacher thought I had a pretty dress, but then I was wearing it every day because that was the only dress I had and she made fun of me or... Another one she often told was about how she had gold, but her older brother stole it. And another story that was maybe even bigger I share in the book, um, but it's really sort of what had always loomed in my family was don't necessarily trust people, trust yourself and find a spouse or a mate who you can trust. And that was really something that uh, was important for my family, but there was this social sort of gap because As you heard me say, we don't always trust society, especially because then my mom had a nervous breakdown and schizophrenia ensued, and she and my father really didn't receive much support from church. So they did get small support, and they did get a few people to rally around, but A lot of people didn't know what to do. It wasn't because they were trying to be cruel. It's just the stories that we tell are important here. And I think it's helpful that we don't just abuse, because sometimes we tend to like abuse the church of the 1980s or 70s and say like they were terrible. And of course, for very good reason, we need stories about purity culture. But often we also realize like a lot of people did not know what to do. The stigma for mental health is still at 30% about even going to counseling. So to have somebody in your congregation who's actively hearing voices, that's scary to this day for a lot of pastors. What do you do with that, right? So you can understand why they had this overlay. And yet I marry somebody with a social overlay. And here's the interesting part about now where where your stories come in. You probably married somebody. You've heard Wes and I talk ad nauseum probably about his social, just so, so, so social. Could sleep in a pile, I like to say. But As you think about yours and whether it's a sexual shadow where you're like not very good at the one-to-one or a social shadow or a self-preserving shadow, there's some sort of a shadow between the two of you that you guys didn't necessarily bring into relationship. But like I said, here's the interesting piece is when Wes met me, I was very social because he caught me at an adolescent time in life where that was big. And then we moved through life for a long time socially, and we were highly rewarded for that social But it burnt us out and it could have killed our marriage because we were doing, doing, doing for others. We still get into that. Our dearest friends know that. We still love to do that. But we also have learned so much from the Enneagram and the Enneagram instincts that we now have a sense for, okay, there are three pockets, three triads to look at. And here's where our family stories line up. And here's where they don't. Here's where we can give to each other. And here's where we need to plan with intention or it probably won't happen. And then, of course, over all of that, here's where we just need grace. Another area for us in the triads, when you talk about the heart, head, body, is that Wes and I are a thinking head type me and a body gut type him. And so we have, once again, just like I said, you know, he's good at social, I'm good at self-press. So you have that sexual sort of shadow. Now over here, you have a heart shadow. So I see a through line and I'm curious about your stories. If you see any through lines, I'm like, okay, that one's emotional, that one's emotional. So we still have to work at that heart space. I still run away from emotions even on Monday's podcast that we were recording, um, I was like, guess what? We can record in different rooms. Melody and I did that recently. And he's just like, why would we do that? I want to sit together. And I'm like, oh, like that's hard. And so emotional space is still hard for me. And it's hard for him in the way that like, he might be like, oh, let's be physical. But then as a guy, sometimes in his way, he's just like, oh, you would want a date night. And so we both have that heart space sort of shadow where he could be so efficient in his type one doing space. And I could be so locked into my thinking and theorizing and reading that we could miss that space. So we talk about that in the book a little bit about us, but I also throw in a ton of stories about clients over 20 years. And trust me, if you're a client of mine listening, you're not in this book. A, I would never do that to clients of mine. But B, it's just compilations of people because I want people to know what are the general rhythms that I'm seeing over the years, the very real stories. So it's really true that you're going to hear stories in my book about Wes and I, but I really knew that like, this is not my book. This is our book. So there's stories about lots of different people of different personality types. But hey, emotions are hard. You know it's my shadow. So let me go first. I had an amazing type four editor, Stephanie Duncan Smith, that had helped me to delve into my stories. I still need coaching about that because that's still hard for me to this day. So my question for you on this short episode is what is still hard for you guys in this triad? Are you guys together really good at heart and maybe mind or heart and body? What's the gap? Take a look at that and try to plan that with intention this week. Now, the last triad I'm going to just briefly mention is, I think, another really important one. And I do go over this one in depth because it's the conflict triad. And in marriage work, we talk about this all the time. My clients and I all the time need this tool and reminder. And I know you do, too, because conflict is a good part of life, but it's also a very hard part of life. We have to be able to collide, but we also have to be able to find our way. And when we're not honest, things get buried and it's not pretty. And it's actually uh, very much festers in the marriage and stonewalling is the worst thing you can do, according to John Gottman, the number one marriage researcher in the country, in the world. Actually, uh, has done almost five decades of work on this. So, please hear me out when I say don't don't run away but also understand that we do need to balance the three uh, triads of conflict, which are being logical, being positive, and being emotionally reactive. So as you're seeing this through line for Wes and I, you can guess which one (laughs) we're shadowed in. It's the emotionally reactive one. I'm self president sort of thinking, I don't want to go there. I do not want big emotions. He is uh, here as a logical type. So he's like, let's just plug through. And he's all about what's right and what feels good in terms of what feels right to him. And so we Definitely have to bring the emotions in or we won't get anywhere. And that's the most interesting thing about these triads is when you guys get stuck, you hit a shadow. And it's like, we didn't even realize that was a shadow for us for so long. And it was a helpful tool to learn the Enneagram to see, oh, okay, this is why in one of the stories in the book that I tell, um, We really didn't reach out for help when we needed it because I was—we were both trying to just do it all on our own. Um, But really important that you see what are the missing pieces in the way we have conflict. And a lot of people, it's the same one as I talked about. And so you saw us with, like I said, the sexual instinct, the heart, then the emotional reactivity. So now you can see emotions are something we need to work on. But for you, it might be critical thinking and logic. You might see a through line of, oh man. You know, we don't address anything positively, and it is such a negative. And this is where the stories come in, like grandma's stories and all the others. What are the negative scripts that are keeping your shadows in place? And these are generational and hard stories that family might tell with you in order to keep you surviving in their mind's eye. That's how you've always survived, and that's how you're going to go forward. But what they don't realize is the work you're doing is expansive. You're trying to help with whatever your partner has as gifts, and you're trying to bring those in as well and grafting in new learning for a family system that's been stuck on one sort of rhythm for a long time is scary and hard for the whole extended family but i'm going to tell you there's a beautiful ripple effect when you do your work and the ways to do your work are are you know a myriad as we said you could look through what i shared today and try to find some things but it's also quite simple if you kind of narrow it down to this set your boundaries with kindness and Make sure you don't lose your connection. That is absolutely huge and vital to the whole process of you guys growing and glowing together because you will shine so much brighter when you know how to set boundaries, even with each other to say, okay, you're all emotional reactivity today. Let's take a breather or, you know, I'm noticing your logic, but I don't feel the love or the positivity. Let's bring some of that in. Or um, I notice I'm locked up or I'm on a hormonal week, whatever it is, set the boundaries with others and yourself that you need. But also come back for connection and be honest and open about what your failings are. Something I mention in the book is, you know, if your spouse says you're something like your parents, I wouldn't argue too hard. You've probably learned a lot of really good things from the people who raised you. So honor that but also honor that there are some hard things that have come from that story or those stories. And we've had so many big ones to overcome. I don't get to share them all in the book, but so many. I hope you will order it. It is a depth of heart that gets shared there because of, like I said, just the safe space to to do that work. And I do a lot of that through writing. Um, so it's a gift for any of us to be able to be vulnerable. And I'm so grateful I got to do that. But I also want to say there's more stories that you have you know, that you guys can talk about. And a too, you know, once where I didn't share was that my dad had a whole Facebook Sava novella going about him and Wes's father fighting it out, Elder Hardwan against uh, Pierre Massé, my maiden name. And it was just crazy. Now, at some point, the Civil War ended and there was a truce, but it was hard to read that story on Facebook and to be doing my own work and to know all the friends from church that he had, all the the, uh, you know, he, did, he was more atheistic in his middle years. And then he went back to church a lot more as my mom got sick. And as she even passed away, he got really close to this church. But now they're reading the whole story and oh, my friends are reading it. My sister's friends is just awful. And so I just want to tell you, like, I get it if you have family stuff, I get it if you have have uh, a lot to overcome but you know what we're doing this work together with intention uh, with positivity with logic and uh yeah those healthy emotions too so let's keep going let's take some deep breaths and make sure you get your books on pre-order thank you for everyone who did i can't wait to share it with you next week okay bye thank you again for listening with us it was so wonderful to have you i love knowing we're doing this journey together not perfectly but with love grace and hopefully some fun too if you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as Enneagramandmarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.